trial balloon. How do we think about a neutral site for championship game? Because I'll tell you, people, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I not get this, all this ranting and raving. It's terrible. Of course it's terrible if you're a fan at one of those home teams of Philly or Kansas City. Like, think, think about that in the future. Of course it's terrible. But you think the NFL cares that fans think it's terrible? No. This is a business. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. Our producer is Jack Connell. The music you hear is from my son, Sam Brandt. You can check him out on Spotify. He's got his own page now, written by Boy Blue. Check that out. Well, we got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. We have just finished divisional round weekend, what I think is the best weekend for playoff for watching football in the of the year of the year. So we'll start with that. We have a lot of things I want to get to on this Brant's Rants edition. I want to talk about this neutral site idea that we're not going to have because Buffalo did not win the game. I want to talk about that, all the pushback I got on social media this weekend. I'm just the messenger here. I'm not advocating it, but I'm saying it is going to happen, not this year, but it is. We also talk about a couple situations, quarterbacks, that are on the horizon. Obviously, people ask for my thoughts on what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, some news about Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about that. And then a couple non-NFL issues I want to get to as well. So settle in. Not too long, as you know. I don't go too long in these, but I do want to get you the Brant's Rants for the week as we record this on 12323. Never have that again. 12323 on Monday. Okay. Playoffs, let's talk a little real football before we get to the business of football. Hey, I'm patting myself on the back big time here. I was right. I had all games right. I don't think that's a big uh, stretch to pick all the four games, but I thought the three favorites would win and then the Bills would be upset by the Bengals. I just thought the Bengals were a better team before the playoffs on my picks for Sports Illustrated. I did pick the Eagles and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and I'm sticking with that. Let's go through the games. The first game was defined by Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury. It affected everything, but it did not affect it enough for them to lose the game. He played, albeit after getting an x-ray where he was whining that he had to do it, but of course he had to do it before he came back in. Chad Henney held the fort, and they played and they beat the Jaguars by whatever they beat them. If he was healthy, they would have beat him by more. And let's continue that with the Eagles because I want a general discussion there. The Eagles beat the Giants. Uh, Listen, both those teams, extremely superior talent to the other team, just superior teams. And we can talk about hot teams and intangibles and coaching and schemes. Dable's a great coach. Peterson's a great coach. At the end of the day, what matters is talent. What's the talent level of these teams? I know there are teams that get on a roll and the Giants of the past. I was there with the Packers. And you have these great stories of wild cards and all this. But, hey, at the end of the day, when there's a clear 
division of talent. It's just not going to happen. Now, the talent between the Jaguars and the Chiefs was pretty big, but not huge. You know, there's some really talented players on the Jags. But the Giants-Eagles game, come on. I mean, that was never in my mind going to be a close game. And people get excited about the Giants beating the, the, the Vikings. Are you kidding me? You could look at the 22 starting positions between the Giants and Eagles. Okay, so offense, defense, that's 11 each. That's 22 starting positions. Let's put aside special teams for the moment. Maybe you could make a case for Saquon Barkley starting over Miles Sanders. Maybe. And you probably can make a case for Dexter Lawrence starting over Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave. Maybe. But, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, so I'll give you those two. That's it. That's it. 22, 20 of the 22 starting positions between the Eagles and Giants favor the Eagles, right? So when I worked for the Packers and Ron Wolf and we figured how are we going to do against certain teams, that's what he would do. He'd go, okay, we're better quarterback. We're better at O-line. We're not as good at tight end. We're not as good. And listen, this works. It always seemed to work. The Giants had no chance with the Eagles. No chance. No chance. They just have an extraordinarily limited roster compared to the Eagles. The Eagles are loaded. The Eagles are loaded. They have big talent, sometimes elite talent at all these positions. Elite offensive line, elite defensive line, elite quarterback, elite receiver, elite corner, maybe two elite corners. Are you kidding me? This roster, the Giants had no chance, no chance. Okay, so those Saturday games went as planned. These upstart teams were nice stories, but they weren't going to beat the Chiefs, even with a hobbled Mahomes, and they weren't going to beat the, the Eagles. That was over in 10 minutes, as I figured it would be. Okay, we get to Sunday. We get to the Bengals. <clears throat> Again, The Bills scared me going in all week. The Bills barely beat the Dolphins with a third-string quarterback, and the Dolphins didn't even play well, right? Say that again. The Bills barely beat the Dolphins, who had a third-string quarterback, and did not play well. So imagine then going against a team that is much better, the Bengals, and plays well, which you figured they would do. The Bengals crash the party of the favorites. The Bengals are a better team than the Bills and maybe better than the Chiefs. We're about to find that out. Yes, the Bengals have something going for them, which is a lot of talent, which is, well, good coaching, but also this this is where an intangible seems to work, where they were in this wild card thing where they maybe had a coin toss with the Ravens and where they were, you know, in this situation where they, they don't get a... <laughs> a neutral site, but the Bills would have gotten a neutral site. And they're pissed, right? They're pissed. So they use that as motivation, as fuel. They make statements about they keep up upending the league's plans, about returning the neutral site. We'll get to that more later, but the neutral site tickets for the people who bought them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Burrow looked like Burrow. Thought, we thought Burrow would look, uh, you know, a beatdown, a beatdown. I feel for the Bills. Oh, my God, what did they go through this year? I mean, before we even get to December, the Bills had this massive upstart in their season. They First of all, they play the Dolphins in the in the searing heat in Miami in September, or 
right at the beginning of September. I have this picture of them kind of lying on the field at the end of the game. Then they have the monster snowfall in the first one in Buffalo. They divert to Detroit to play a game against Cleveland. They come back for two days, one day. They go back to Detroit to play Thanksgiving. And then, of course, the Hamlin situation, which will live on in in, in our memories forever. It's sort of a where were you moment. It's great seeing DeMar there yesterday through the snow. Wow. But again, it had to end. Sometimes the emotions can only last so long. I feel for the Bills. I do. But they need an infusion of talent at the skill positions, and we're going to see what happens with them. And then the last game, the Cowboys seem to do do what they always do. You know, they just don't get over the hump. I'm not in the blame game, whether blame Mike, who I know, McCarthy, blame Dak. That seems to be the uh, the pin pin cushion this this today. But they're just again, that was a game. Both very talented rosters. Who's going to make the plays at the end? 49ers had a few more plays. 49ers a little more well-coached. 49ers a little more sturdy at the key times. That's it. You know, when it gets down to it, you can talk about all these different things, but who's going to make plays in the fourth quarter, uh, especially third down? You know, these are the things that matter. So 49ers will come to Philadelphia. I picked the Eagles. Uh, I'll talk, you know, I don't know by a lot, but. I just think they're going to have the home field and they're just going to run out just like all these teams are running out of plays and making plays. I think the 49ers will run out. And as I keep saying, I picked the Bengals. I think the Bengals will beat the chiefs. I think Mahomes being hobbled is obviously part of it, but I think the Bengals have the chiefs number of matchups and that's going to work against the chiefs. Um, so Bengals Eagles Super Bowl. I've been predicting it. I think that we're going to go from there. Okay. That's the football side of it. There, we are obviously in a in a in a weird time where football is still going. Well, three games of the NFL are left to play. That doesn't sound like like a lot, so savor it. But business is coming. Business is coming. Business is coming, ex- especially for the most important position on the field is going to undergo some change this offseason. There are quarterbacks out there. I've said this before. I've never seen a crop of quarterbacks that could be free agent signed or traded ever that's this productive. Usually free agent quarterbacks are talking about the Josh McCowns, the Tyrod Taylors, the sort of people that sort of fill in the Ryan Fitzpatricks. Now we're talking about real players. And again, (laughs) Don't, don't, I'm not saying those guys aren't real players. I'm talking about real players who've had productive seasons as starters that may be on the move. Derek Carr, probably on the move. Jimmy Garoppolo, probably on the move. Tom Brady, probably on the move. Lamar Jackson, eh, probably held up in, in in Baltimore unless there's a blockbuster trade down the line. Aaron Rodgers, I'll talk about that in a minute. And then, of course, you have players like Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. What's going to happen with all these players? Four or five players drafted in the first round of the draft. I mean, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks out there. And then all the rookie quarterbacks. It's going to be one of those things where you better get in before the music stops, the musical chairs game of quarterbacks. Okay, let's talk about a couple of them. Aaron, 
news reports come out now. Here we go again, third year in a row, Aaron Rodgers. Adam Schefter reporting yesterday the Packers and Rodgers are open to a possibility of a trade. Ian Rappaport reporting today. They're listening to offers. Can they get a good one? Can they get them out? You know, it's happening. It's happening. And I've been saying this. I think it's time. I said this last year. I was wrong. Two years ago, I said he'd be back. But last year, I said it was time. And now it's time. I just think it's time. Listen, it was time for me in Green Bay. I just had had, you know, had a, had a nice run. <laughs> Nine and a half years. That was enough. Brett Favre had a nice run. They had a replacement. Three years in the bullpen, Aaron Rodgers, enough. Aaron Rodgers had a great run. Three years in the bullpen, Jordan Love. Let's go. The symmetry is uncanny because 15 years to the day after we took Aaron Rodgers, when we had Brett Favre playing at a high level in the first round of the draft, they took Jordan Love in the first round of the draft while they had Aaron Rodgers playing at a high level. And then he played at a higher level winning two MVPs. Now here we are. Aaron sat three years, hardly played in those three years. Jordan sat three years, hardly played in those three years. What are they going to do? The question to me about the Packers is not how much they believe in Aaron Rodgers, but how much they believe in Jordan Love. How much do they believe in Jordan Love? Because if they don't play him year four, you know, then they got to option him. They got to, okay, maybe they get year five. But even if they option him, they get one year of contract, assuming Rodgers leaves next year. So I think they believe in Jordan Love. And I think they secretly behind closed doors want to move to him. They got to get a good deal for Rodgers. Somebody's got to take on that 60 million. As far as trading him and taking on 40 million of dead money, listen, this is different. You know, back in, I've talked about this before. Back in my day, I was very conservative. I didn't like huge dead money. We traded Brett when there was only 600,000 of dead money because I wouldn't do all those crazy things by pushing out cap money on Brett's contract. And here we are. Rodgers will cost them $40 million if they trade him. Do they take that on? Well, I, normally I would say no. The Packers would never do that. But now, who knows? You know, the Eagles took on $34 million with Wentz. I said that would never happen. The Falcons took on $40 million with Ryan. Both of those players went to the Colts. I said that would never happen. It did. Would the Packers take on $40 million of dead on their cap to trade Rodgers? Well, I now think they probably would. And yeah, if the cap's 220, then they start at 180. They're in a hole. But that's the deal. They have pushed out money on this contract like we never did during my day, and they never did up until a couple of years ago. And other contracts, and Bakhtiari and others. So this is where the Packers are. They, they made a, a deal with the devil to deal with this Rogers window a couple of years, and here we are. But everything I'm sensing right now, the reports, the leaking out to NFL Network, the leaking out to ESPN, they're looking to move. The time is up. It just seems like it. It seems like we're going to have a separation where he moves to another team. And I know people say, oh, how do Yeah, it happens. It's going to happen to Brady for the second time. You know, so deal with it. And... You know, maybe Roger stays. Maybe they push off love another year. Maybe they, I don't think they'll trade love. I don't think they'll trade love. The Packers are a draft and develop team. They're not going to trade Jordan Love. I, okay, that's my words. You can come back if they do it. But I think it's time. You know, I think it's time. It's time for a change. 
Um, it saddens me. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I love watching Aaron Rodgers on the Packers. I think he's a wonderful talent. I think he does things other quarterbacks, no one does. Even beyond all the physical stuff, he's the only quarterback that seems to get consistent 12 men on the field penalties, consistent offsides penalties, just free yards that no one else seems to get. And of course, his incredible talent. Anyway, but I think it's time. Lamar Jackson in the news. Different reports coming out now, about eight months ago or six months ago, what, what he was offered guaranteed. Listen, they're going to tag him. And then the Ravens saying, we love him, we love him, we're going to get him back. They're going to tag him. Whether they tag him exclusive at like 40-something or a non-exclusive at 30-something, it's the same thing. This is a guy that's bet on himself and can't. And can't. Because if he was in another sport, he'd be a real free agent. But here he can't. Because the NFL has this management weapon of the franchise tag. And the elephant in the room is always the Watson contract because the owners are dead set on making that an aberration, an outlier. Watson, you know, Lamar's trying to make it a precedent and should. All these agented players after Lamar, whether for Wilson, for Murray, for Carr, no one's able to get a full secured contract. So that becomes more precedent than the one they have in Watson. And everyone asks, how do you get how do you get fully guaranteed contracts? Well, the answer is you get them with precedent. You get them with somebody following up Watson, somebody following up the guy who followed up Watson with fully secured deals, top quarterbacks. And then it trickles to second tier quarterbacks. Then it trickles to another position. And then we're there. But it's not going to happen the way it's going, where the owners are being able to blunt back any force from the Watson deal where it's not a precedent. So here we are. Lamar's going to get tagged. Lamar's going to be, you know, would they trade Lamar? I don't know. I guess they would think about it, but why would you trade Lamar Jackson? Who are you going to get for that? It's not like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady who are almost, you know, 45 and 39. No, no. Lamar's like 25, 26 years old. So they'll try to sign him. He'll want the Watson secured contract, Lamar. They'll say no, et cetera. That's where we're going to be with Lamar. Okay. Let's talk about this neutral site thing. So to recap, because of what happened with the suspended game between the Bengals and Bills, there was a decision made that if the Bills were playing the Chiefs, who the Bills, if they won out, could have overtaken the Chiefs maybe. Anyway, they'd played a neutral site. It was going to be Atlanta. It's not going to happen now because the Bengals beat the Bills. But I bring up the, you know, well, here's why I bring it up. The NFL tweets out the other day that more than 50,000 tickets were sold for that game. I'm like, why are they tweeting that out? And think about that yourself. Why is the NFL tweeting that out? That there's more than 50,000 seats sold for a game that may not be played and is not going to be played in that stadium. And I think it's because... Trial balloon, how do we think about a neutral site for a championship game? Because I'll tell you, people, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I not get this, all this ranting and raving, and it's terrible. Of course it's terrible if you're a fan at one of those home teams of Philly or Kansas City. Like, think about that in the future. Of course it's terrible, but you think the NFL cares that Fans think it's terrible? No. This is a business. 
This is a business, right? I know fans, fans, they'll say all the right things about fans, but come on, follow the money. Now, what money could they make in neutral sites versus the home stadium? This gets a little complicated because, yes, stadiums are sold out. The teams make the money. But here's the thing about postseason revenue. We know the players make a pittance. They don't make anything. They're making $30,000, $50,000 a game. Stars make $2 million a game, and they're making $50,000. So players are, relatively speaking, playing these playoffs for free. They really are. The playoffs money for the players is ridiculous, okay? But in terms of teams, yeah, I mean, listen, the two teams hosting it make some money. There's an economic impact for those areas. They do make some money, concessions, parking, et cetera. But these are league events. And the league sells the heavy, uh, the premium seating and the club seats. How can, so people ask, well, why would they go to neutral site? Well, think about it. These would be many Super Bowls. If you think it doesn't matter, then why not have the Super Bowl at the best record? Home stadium. Of course it matters to follow the money for these things. People say, well, it's not going to be a big difference in money going to neutral site versus home. Well, if that's the case, why have a Super Bowl for the NFL? Everything around a Super Bowl, you could have two more times with these championship games just like they do in college. I'm sure the NFL owners are like, wait a minute, college does this and we don't? We're like the FCS that has their championship games at home sites? Come on, this is going to change. May not next year, maybe not the year after, maybe not the year after that, but it'll change. I mean, people are complaining, like, how could they think about that while they watch the championship games brought to you by... uh, TurboTax, right? While they watch Cecily Strong and Paul Giamatti, some crazy Einstein guy, a thousand times during the broadcasts. Come on. Follow the money. What else could they act? They would have naming rights, right? They would have um, hotels bidding, cities bidding, rolling out the red carpet. You have more teams in rotation than for the Super Bowl because you have more opportunities. You'd have all kinds of concerts and parties. You know, right now, we hosted an NFC Championship game when I was at the Packers. It's just like a little cocktail party between the, it was at that time, the Giants brass and our brass and the commissioner. That was it. It's got to be bigger than that. It's going to be bigger than that. Like I said, concerts. All the events you have around the Super Bowl, maybe a little lighter, but yes, yes, it's going to happen. And we're gonna, and you can plan, right? Planning's important for the NFL. Now they can start planning for the NFC Championship game that year, a year in advance, eight months in advance, instead of five days in advance, right? Think about that. How they're planning for the Super Bowl a year in advance or more. Now they can plan for the championship game at least six months in advance, not four days. So this is where we are. Neutral site is going to happen. And they're going to be championship game MVPs. I mean, listen, the NFL is behind a lot of sports on this stuff in the name of, oh, it's, you know, competitive. But hey, it's going to change. All right. Final couple of rants. <clears throat> Let me get a water here. Moving away from the NFL, 
I thought it was fascinating. Live the live tour got a media deal. Now the live wasn't going to get a deal with CBS, the masters wasn't going to get a deal with NBC, the U S open wasn't going to get a deal with ESPN, the British open, right? They broadcast PGA tour. They're at odds with PGA. They're mortal enemies with PGA. They're in litigation with PGA. So none of those were going to sign up with live. So live gets CW network. That's their media partner going forward. It's a multi-year deal. They'll have all 14 events in 2023. And that's where we are. Okay. They got a deal. Do they need a media deal? Well, maybe for some credibility, maybe for people to get a little more awareness. Do they need it for revenue? Absolutely not. Are they getting revenue? No upright, upfront rights fee. None. It's a revenue sharing deal with selling ads for CW. But they'll have the best golfers, you could argue, but some of the best golfers. So CW gets a bonus. Lib gets a bonus. They get media coverage. But they don't need money. And of course, they don't need money because they're run and owned and founded by the Saudi public investment fund worth $620 billion, which means they have unlimited resources, right? So how do you become a league that's going to compete with the NFL, the NBA, any league? You have unlimited resources. There's no league like that in the world, right? This is the league. Live. Unlimited resources. Unlimited. When you talk about that number, 600 plus billion dollars, it's unlimited. So they're flying caddies and families on private planes. They're paying millions of dollars just for showing up. 200 million to Mickelson, 100 plus million to Dustin Johnson. Yeah, that's where we are. So interesting, they got a CW TV deal. It doesn't matter for their bottom line, for their balance sheet. Maybe it matters for credibility and for people learning a little bit more about live. Okay. Final note is the Australian Open. Some of you know, I was a tennis player growing up. I tried to play tennis, uh, even at the pro level, a few tournaments. But here we are. Australian Open, I think, is fascinating and sad. Rafa lost. Rafa's hurt. Federer's gone. So we have this magical run, which is now ended by Andy Murray. Remember him? It was not just the big three. It was the big four for a while. Andy Murray got hurt. He's got hip problems. He's got a bionic hip. What a run he had. So kudos to Andy Murray. Jokovic's still in the field. We have to think he's a big favorite, but a lot of Americans are there. So a couple of years ago, I was at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia with my family and the world team tennis was there. They bubbled there, much better place to bubble than the NBA and Disney because they couldldn't leave. This was a nice resort. It has beautiful golf and tennis and swimming and hiking and fishing and everything else. Anyway, we go there a lot and uh, they were bubbled there. So I got to know some of these kids. Anyway, Taylor Fritz, he's now, I think, one of, if not the top rated American. He's doing great. It's great to see. And Jesse Pagula, she was at the Greenbrier. She was part of that. She is the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owners. She is in the quarters, and I think she's in the top five of the world right now. It's great to see Jessica Pagula doing what she's doing. And I hope people don't refer to her as I just did, but it, I am known for football. They don't refer to her as the Buffalo Bills owner's daughter because she is a serious player. I am rooting for her. Okay. Uh, 
that's it for the for the brands about sports. A little pop culture. Been watching this show, Only Murders in the Building. You know, old guys, old night guys that I knew a long time ago were in it. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. Good show. Good show. I mean, I'm I'm also a White Lotus guy, but this is a good show. Interesting, funny, while uh, uh, sort of a whodunit. Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. The other thing I noted in pop culture, the, the death of David Crosby. You know, again, people of a certain age like myself grew up with that music. And frankly, you know, when I was going through some uh, embattled phases of my youth, maybe a little drug use at the time, that was on. You know, Crosby, Susan Nash was on, the, the voice of David Crosby. And that album, Deja Vu, with Carry On, that resonated through my home, both as a as a kid, as a teenager, but also as an adult, we played that kind of music. My kids listened to it whether they wanted to or not. And maybe my son, Samuel, you hear, who's in the music and doing well in the music industry, was influenced by some of that as well. So an RIP to uh, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills & Nash, really really an icon. I mean, just, and, and I remember going to hear them. I think they came through Green Bay, actually. Crosby, Stills, Nash. Young wasn't with them. And Crosby just, I remember his saying something. Well, you know, Graham Nash, he writes the beautiful stuff like the anthems. And uh, Steve Stills writes kind of the folky stuff. And then I remember him saying, he goes, I write the weird shit. <laughs> you know, I write the crazy shit. And then he got into Wooden Ships and Guinevere. And, you know, this is a really an icon. So um, an RIP for Rest in Peace, David Crosby. I'll try to do that some more. Um, get beyond sports a little, bring you into my life. Uh, and, and then I started teaching this week back at Villanova. It's always good to uh, get back with the students, get back in front of them, get back in front of my fellow group. I have six. 14 uh, fellows that kind of follow me around. I did a week at University of Miami. These people came back a week to take a class for me, came back a week early from their semester. It's not a hard place to come back to Miami, but they're really into my stuff. They listen to the podcast. So shout out to all those kids. Uh, did a great job with me. And shout out to you. Um, if you have questions you want me answered on the pod, um, I'm happy to do that. Um, just Twitter them. Ask me a question on Twitter. Uh, put Ask Andrew or Ask Andrew BOS in the hashtag, and we'll get your question answered on Twitter too. And any feedback's appropriate because I want to, you know, as we start out 2023, I want to get you the best podcast possible, and any feedback you have is appreciated. Okay. All my channels, you know, the, the newsletter, Andrew Brandt.com. You know, I do reels now on Instagram, Andrew Brandt too. Uh, Sports Business League, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL, if you want to get me every day and we meet every week. And of course, columns on Sports Illustrated and uh, wherever you find this podcast, please give it a rating uh, and appreciate your comments as well. Share with a friend, share the podcast with a friend who maybe doesn't know about it. Okay, guys, have a great week. Happy uh, championship game week in the NFL. And I'll talk to you next week for another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.